We started last week a series, Walking in the Will of God, and uh, we're looking at this from a different perspective than, uh, than usually when that conversation, that title comes up, it's, it's uh, going in a different direction, but uh, I, I was seeing some things in the Word that are a part of walking in the will of God. And uh, we, were, we began last week looking at the word epinosis, which is where we, where, epinosis, epigenosis. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but anyway. Anyway, it's where we get our word revelation knowledge. And we were looking at some scriptures that pertain to that. Um, this is not something that's just for people in the ministry. It's not just for missionaries or evangelists. It's for the whole body. I'm talking to a, a, a room almost full of ambassadors. You do know that that's, that's what God calls you. And he has given you a commission. So... Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 15. I hope you go home and uh, read Ephesians 1, starting, starting with verse 1 and all the way down through the end of that chapter and slightly over into, into the second chapter. But uh, I want you to see what the Apostle Paul, his attitude, not really his attitude. This is a, this is a, a, a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. It's not just Paul praying, but it's right. under the unction of the Holy Spirit. He prays this for the churches that he deals with. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all, for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Whew. To be remembered in his prayers. Wow. I keep asking, asking that God, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The word wisdom here is the word Sophia. Uh, hidden, it's, it, it's defined as hidden wisdom. Let's, we could also say divine wisdom that has been set apart for us. Thank you. Hello? Yeah. May, give, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know this is why he's praying this for these churches. So that you may know him better. Well, you can't know God. Well, excuse me, the Holy Spirit doesn't know that when he told Paul to pray this. No, that's religious thinking. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and the incomparable 
incomparably great, not just, not just great power, incomparably great power for us who believe. That the power, that, that, uh, that power is the, the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm, far above. So there's, there's four things that Paul is praying for us to, to see and experience. He wants us filled with these things. Far above all ruler and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. So these things, these things will carry over after we leave here. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over all everything to, for the church, the church which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all, all things in every way. Yes. Now, uh, I'm not going to read all of this, but in chapter 2, um, starting in verse 4, he what he's talking about up to this point, uh, he's reminding them where they came from. But, uh, verse 4, but because of his great love for us, now let me, let me say something here. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk about watching NCIS and Jethro comes around and Slaps the guy in the back of the head, you know. I, I want to do that sometimes to some people. No, not necessarily in love. But I would, like to, I would like to do it because of the way people talk about themselves. But because of his great love for us, regardless... Regardless of the, the way you are, the, work, uh, the mistakes you've made, that is something that applies to every one of us. We've all made mistakes. We just don't want to stay there. We want to move on. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in tra transgressions, it is by grace. You know, you can, you can, if you look this word grace up, another way that you can uh, read this, and some translations say this, is favor. It is by his favor you have been saved. And God raised us up. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Now that's where you are. That's what he has done for you. That's how he sees you. Hello? Yeah. 
Colossians chapter 1. Colossians and Ephesians are, uh, well, let me back up here. Verse 17 of Ephesians 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit. This is the New American Standard. The Father of glory may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the epinosis of him, the revelation knowledge of him. Paul is praying this for the church. Now, I realize, you know, sometimes people hear something and it's something they've never heard before and they're kind of like a cow at a new gate. You know, I heard somebody say that one time, and I thought, I was raised in, in Fort Worth. Yeah. Fat stock country, you know, yeah. cattle and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I was a city slicker. I mean, yeah. when, we, when we came here, we had been here uh, 14 years, and Pastor Webb came. And uh, he has a way of just getting under your skin. I mean, that's the way he's treated us. And, uh, and he said to me, he says, he says, how many, how many cowboy boots do you have? And I said, none. He goes, what? And so he wanted me to take him and buy him a, take him over to Long's. He was wanting to buy a pair of boots. And uh, I mean, he, he embarrassed me. I, Oh yeah, he was. He, he every time I see him, he's, he says, "Have you watched that movie, Tombstone yet?" <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the truth. And uh, so anyway, let's go on. Um, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, Colossians. Anyway, this, let's come back to this. Ephesians 1, 17. Yeah. Uh, the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, if we really examine this just from the natural, the amount of knowledge that we have of him is so minuscule it is so, a grain of rice is bigger than what the amount of knowledge that we have. And he's, he's saying here that he wants us to be filled, our spirit men, to be filled with that kind of knowledge. You know, seeing this, and knowing that he's talking about you, this should be something that we strive for. When we go, go before the Lord in prayer, we need to talk to him about this, that we want more of this. Brother Hagen, he had gotten, in the last church that he was in, he had gotten tired of things as usual. And he said, 
he was just frustrated and he didn't know why. And he went over to, uh, he, he had a parsonage right next door to the church. He would walk out the side door of his house into the church. And he would go and uh, he would read these, these prayers. He would read them. Ephesians um, 3 is another, another one of these prayers. And uh, he would go in there and he'd, he'd put his, his Bible down on the altar and he would just read it over and over and over. You say, well, what's he trying to do? Memorize it? No, he's trying to get it in him. This is, this is, this is spirit. This is spirit. This is spirit food. And he was, he was feeding on that. And he said he, he did that. And just to make, the, the, make it shorter, he would do this every day, several times a day. He would go in there and pray and, and just read these over and over out loud to the Lord. And he, he said, uh, after about six months, he said that he started, started getting revelation. And he would come into the house and tell Aretha, his wife, he said, what in the world have I been preaching to these people? He said, you know, after, after seeing some of, the, some of the things that he was getting a hold of he was, and, and looking back at what he had preached, he, he came in and told her, he said, I have no idea what I have been preaching to these people. He said, it's, it's surprising that the deacons didn't have to come and tell me to get in out of the rain. Nobody else knew but him. But he started getting revelation. And you know, you say, well, I don't need that. Well, you do, but you just don't know it. Along with that, he can open, open up some of his little boxes and show you things that can make you a millionaire. If your heart's right. He told us as students, he said, you know, the Lord told him, I, I, I can make you a millionaire. And he said, they, or I can make you rich. And people asked him, he said, well, are you a millionaire? He says, you don't understand the word rich. Abundantly supplied. He, he Lord told him, he said, I don't, I don't care if you're a millionaire. I just don't want you to be covetous condition of the heart. Okay. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, have not, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through, through uh, all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Notice, the Spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in everything. 
or in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing, now watch, growing in the epinosis of God. Growing in. So it's not just getting, but continually, continuing to grow in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may, may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Do you know that? you know you're, you're qualified? Yes. You're qualified before the throne of God. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness. I think King James talks about the blood in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, let me read, read this um, chapter, chapter 2. Oh, so I've already read that. Um, so, the churches that the Apostle Paul is praying for, he was, he was asking God to fill them with knowledge. If you go back and you read the death of Stephen, he was the first martyr. It says they could not... Uh, gainsay, gainsay sway against the, the wisdom that he had. The Sophia, the hidden knowledge that he had, that he spoke with. They, they just, it just blew them away. They didn't know what to do. Revelation. What's revelation? Revelation is the making known of something that was previously secret or unknown, something hidden. Yes. It's, it's, it's the, the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans, humans of something related to human uh, existence or the world. Yeah. Now, this, this comes out of a, a, a secular dictionary. So take, take this and Look at it spiritually, okay? Uh, the enlightening or, or astonishing disclosure. That's a mystery. Communication of knowledge to man by a divine or supernatural agency. <coughs> Do you know angels can deliver that kind of information? Amen. Amen. You say, but that's, that's supposed to be Jesus doing that. <coughs> Who said? Yeah. <coughs> Angels are delivery boys. Yeah. They're messengers. Yeah. The wisdom and the knowledge that the Apostle Paul speaks about here are 
They're not, this, this is stuff that's not meant for sinners. This is information that you, that's, that's uh, ascribed to you. It's yours. It's, it's people that are uh, born again, walking with the Lord. See if I can say this right. It's for people that are walking with the Lord. You know, there's people that are, quote, born again, mm -hmm. but you couldn't tell it by the way they live. From things I read out of the scriptures, they are excluded from this mm -hmm. until they get their act together. Ushers, next time we come in, I don't want anybody sitting back there. I want them all up here. You're sitting too far away from me. Some of you are just kind of glaring at me like. Colossians chapter 3. This is the New King James. He says, do not lie one to another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Now, we were having a discussion about this. I was having a discussion about this with somebody yesterday. Mm -hmm. And have put on the new man. That's, that's the born again person. Okay? Uh -huh. Who is renewed in knowledge. I, there was a, a guy that I knew down in, in uh, Arkansas. He would, would, we got into a discussion about this one time. He says, when a person is born again, they already have all the spiritual knowledge that they need in them. Well, it says, who is renewed in knowledge? Well, if he, he's saying here, who is renewed in, that means I need to put in. According to the image, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. So Christ is our model that we're supposed to be like. And we need to grow in knowledge. If I need to grow in, that means it's not there in me growing already. So we need to hit the book. Matthew, Matthew uh, verse 13, verse 54. This is the Weymouth translation. And he came into his own country and proceeded to preach in their synagogue so that they were filled with astonishment and exclaimed, where did he obtain such wisdom? Sophia, the hidden wisdom. Where did he get such wisdom and such wondrous powers? 
Now, I'm going to read this. This is, this is the account in Matthew. I want to read the account in Mark. This is Mark, two, uh, Mark 6, verse 2. This is the King James. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in their synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Did you get that? Yes. From whence hath this man these things? Where did he get this? Where did he get this knowledge, this wisdom? And what wisdom, what Sophia, is this which is given to him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. So it's the wisdom that led to the works. I was reading a book by um, Barry Bennett, Hearing God. And uh, he was sick. I don't remember which, which time it was. He, he got sick and uh, was bad sick. I think he had, uh, what was it, jaundice? His eyes were yellow. His color of his skin was hepatitis. That's what it was. And uh, he was really cracking down on the, on the Bible, getting in the Word, praying, and just really hitting it hard. And one day, the Lord spoke to him and says, you're healed. That's all he said. But he didn't just say it here to his, his hearing. He spoke it in his heart, in his spirit. And he said, I knew when he said that, the faith was there. I was healed. He, he heard something. A.A. Uh, a. Allen was a uh, healing evangelist back in the uh, 50s, 60s, early 70s. And uh, his, his uh, parents, when he was little, to keep him quiet, I don't know if the father was a bootlegger or they just had moonshine around the house all the time. But they would, put it, they would put it in his milk and give it to him to shut him up. And so he grew up as an alcoholic. Got born again, got filled with the Spirit. Lord called him to the ministry. But there was something in him. He didn't just want to be a... Uh, Manila, a vanilla minister. You understand what that means? Just a plain old, plain old. He wanted miracles, and uh, he would he would get into a into the closet and lock himself in, or have his wife lock him in, and he'd get in there and start praying. And pretty pretty soon he's knocking on the door. He wants out. This went on for a while, and and he just got to the place where it says, look. I'm going in there and I'm going to stay in there till I hear from God, don't you open the door. 
she goes, yeah, right. You know, she would be cooking and he could smell it under the door. So he wanted out. But anyway, this time he said, no matter what, don't let me out. So she locked him in there and he made a mistake. He didn't take paper and pencil with him. So he said he was in there and uh, he was praying and, and the, the room lit up and he thought his wife opened the door. And he opened his eyes and, and uh, the door was closed. And the Lord started talking to him about a, a miracle ministry. And he, got, he panicked. He banging on the door. He wanted out. He wanted a, he wanted a pencil. So he got, got that, got back in there, and he took a, a shoebox lid and started writing on the, on the underside. And the Lord gave him some, some things that uh, he, he needed to qualify in before he could really get going into that ministry. And uh, have, how many of you have ever seen his, his, some of his... Uh, you can find them on YouTube. Uh, there was a boy one time that had no bones in his leg. And he prayed for this child. And, and he's playing with this guy's leg. And he's turning it. Come here and turn my leg. And I'll, I'll tell you how far you can turn it before I start shouting. He could turn it. There was no bone at all in either leg. And... Uh, so after he's finished talking, he prayed for the child, put the kid down, and the child runs. You don't run with no bone in your leg. And he has some of the most spectacular ministry miracles, and it goes back to that time in the closet. He got that, got that revelation from God. That revelation opened the door for him to do. It's a spiritual thing. This 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 verse here in, in, in Mark six states that the that the wisdom, the hidden wisdom, the Sophia that Jesus got enabled him to begin moving in miracles. Let's go over to uh, 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 3. For I... Let's go back up to verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, I grew up hearing preachers talk about this and they, they would say G, uh, Paul went to them preaching nothing but salvation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you only look at things from one perspective and your denomination says this is the way it is, then that's the way it is. Right. Look at this. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ. 
and him crucified. On the cross, he purchased our salvation. But that's not all. He made us righteous. He qualified us. He cleansed us. He took our sicknesses and our diseases and paid for it so that we could be healed. He took all of the curse and all of that is in the crucifixion. But if you don't know it, then all you know is salvation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And my speech and my preaching was not uh, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. That your faith should not be in the Sophia of men, but in the power of God. Now he talks here about two, two Sophias. Natural, human, men's wisdom, or the wisdom of God. However, we speak wisdom, Sophia, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God, the Sophia of God. We speak this in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the, uh, before the ages. Now look at these last two, three words. You ought to underline them, color them, do whatever you do, but make that stand out. For our glory. For our glory. Drop down to verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. These hidden things are revealed to us through His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Okay? So, He's, he's limited just to a man's, what, what, the, what, your, what the, the, the spirit inside of you has. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You got it? Hold your place there and go to 1 Corinthians 14. He says over here in 1 Corinthians 2, um, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Uh, anyway, 1 Corinthians 14, 
1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. One translation I have says divine secrets or hidden truths, hidden secrets. Okay? Now you come back over here to 1 Corinthians 2, and he's talking about this, this wisdom that he, he speaks among those who are mature. However, we speak wisdom, okay? Keep that in mind. We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. But for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no man understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, Verse 13. Uh, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. You know, some people say, well, you know, I don't interpret. Why? 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 He says right here, therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit, I like to amplify it says, for my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with, sing with the understanding. He says, when you pray in tongues, you're praying secrets. You need to pray, you need to pray for the interpretation that the Lord gives you the interpretation so that you can be edified. He says, well, for the church, but I'm part of the church. Hmm? You know, uh, I wanted to interpret for a long time, and I'm still not where I should be doing it. But, uh, you know, one nice thing about your bedroom, you can shut the door, and you can do what you want in there. And there's nobody there to criticize you. Yeah. Even when you mess up, you think, well, I blew that one. Go back and do it again. Yeah. Keep practicing. Yeah, not, not always do you get a word, but it, you're praying. Anyway. Ephesians chapter... Let's see, where did we go? Okay, let's go on. Um, 
Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read this to you from the Williams translation. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 5. Uh, he foreordained us to become his sons through, uh, uh, be his sons by adoption through Christ Jesus to carry out the happy choice of his will so that we might praise the splendid favor or, the, or grace, whichever you want, which he showed us in his beloved son. It is through union with him that we have, we have redemption by his blood and the forgiveness of our shortcomings in accordance with, his, with the gracious, uh, generosity of his unmerited favor which he lavished upon us. Do you realize that? He, you, are, you are sitting in front of me today. He has covered you. He has lavished upon you these things. Through perfect wisdom and spiritual insight, he has made known, made known to us the secret of his will, which is in accordance with his purpose, which he planned in Christ. The wisdom and the knowledge, the, the epinosis, are, they're not something difficult to enter into. If you're thinking that, you need to change that right now. Because it keeps saying, He wants you filled. He wants you to know so that you can do this and this. It's not hard. The reason so many people are, are struggling with receiving from God because it's, it's because of fear. know you can put a stop to that stop and think who you are you're a new creation if you're a new creation what does that mean you're a new creation from the inside out he has changed your your heart, your spirit. We did not receive the spirit of fear unto bondage. We are, we are, uh, we are adopted into the family. In Luke chapter twelve, I'm going to read, read this to you. This is the Wade translation. 12, 29 through 32. So do, do not on your part uh, anxiously inquire what you are to eat or what you are to drink and do not 
be uneasy about such matters. For it is these things that all the heathen nations of the world make their aim. Whereas your father knows that you need these things. On the other hand, make his dominion your aim. You know, if you're shooting at a target and you're trying to shoot it with one shot, two different targets, you're going to miss one or the other right. or both. You've got to get focused on one thing. And he says here, on the other hand, make his dominion your aim. And these things will be granted you in addition. Be not afraid, little flock, because your father takes pleasure. Your father takes pleasure in giving you that dominion. Luke, Luke 12, 32 out of the Weymouth translation says, Dismiss your fears, little flock. Your father finds a pleasure in giving you the kingdom. Now, if you want to use the word kingdom, that's one thing. You want to use the word dominion, that's great. Let's use the word kingdom for a minute. What's in the kingdom? You know, the Lord has been so gracious to us. He has had people that have gone to heaven and come back and they tell us what they've seen. There's no, there's no lack in heaven. If I can say it this way, and I know my wife will get me when I get home, but I'm going to say it this way, just so you understand, everybody in heaven is fat and happy. <laughs> you understand? In other words, all their needs are taken care of. There is nothing they lack. Nothing. Nothing. Not a zip. They're completely taken care of. There's no sickness, no fear, no fear, no pain. You know, if, if we sit down and just think on these things, our head goes, tilt, 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 tilt. No pain, no lack at all. My needs are not dependent upon my ability to get them right. in heaven. Father takes care of my shopping list. Everything is there. Here's one. This is a kick in the head. This, this, uh, this guy went to heaven. I don't remember who it was. Jesse or... But he was thinking about something, and there was a group of people over here, and they looked up, looked up at him, and he, they said, be careful what you're thinking. We all know what you're thinking. And he didn't say a word. He was just walking along thinking. And they're saying, 
Be careful what you're thinking. We all know what you're, what's going on in here. Woo! That's, that's, wow. You know, if, if the Father takes great pleasure in giving us uh, the kingdom or the dominion, whichever one you want to use, then all these other things, they're, they're, they're insignificant. They're piddly. They're all piddly. And he takes great pleasure in giving us the kingdom, giving us the dominion. Anyway, if you read uh, 1 John 1, 1 John 2, 1 John 3, 1 John. The three Johns back at the back of the Bible, okay? If you read them, then you'll see that fear is an enemy to the child of God. Fear. Fear, any kind of fear is an enemy Fear is something that God hates. My wife doesn't like it when I use that word, but God hates fear because it's from the enemy. Fear is, is a thief of all the wonderful things that God has prepared for his family. Do you hear me? Um. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, verse 6 or 7. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And some people, they, they get, the, get this thing in their head, a spirit of, like it's kind of an attitude. Or, no, he's talking about a spirit. God did not give you a spirit of fear. <clears throat> that spirit of fear is under my feet and you can stop him that quick if you will. Colossians chapter 1, this is the New King James, verse 9 and 10. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy. Now get this. He wants you to be filled with this, this wisdom and understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the epinosis of God. Paul, the, the, the reason Paul is praying for these churches is because we can't live our Christian life in a way that's fruitful and pleasing to the Lord without this knowledge. Are you saying the Lord won't love me if I don't have that knowledge? No, no, no. No. no, I'm not saying that. 
He'll love you. He'll still love you. But we want to, we want to be productive in the kingdom of God. Hello? We want to be productive and be beneficial to the kingdom. We want to be helpful in things pertaining to the kingdom. Can you see that see the importance of getting on your face before the Lord and praying for this? Asking him for what Paul is praying? And I don't mean just asking him once. I mean, we're there asking him until we get it. Until we start moving in this. And then we still continue. Because regardless of how much of that knowledge and that wisdom that you have or you have gotten, there's still so much more. Let me, let me close with this. James chapter 1. I want you to turn over there. I want you to see this. No matter how much you get of that wisdom and knowledge, until the day you die, you will still be behind. There is more. I've heard people that have gone to heaven... And they talk about universities there. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> universities. But you know the thing about it? It's not going to be a struggle. It's not going to be an all-nighter preparing for the test. <laughs> You know, the Lord has things for us to do in eternity. Things, we'll have things to do that uh, Dr. Spock will make him look like he's wearing diapers, you know. Make, Dr., make Mr. Kirk, Captain Kirk, you know, look like. Live long and prosper. How many, how many of you have no clue what I'm doing? Let me see your hand. Okay. One, one non-tricky here. <laughs> okay. That's, that's sci-fi coming out of me. No, he'll still love us, but, but we want to be productive. James chapter 1, verse 5. Now remember the words that we have been using here, okay? But if any of you lack wisdom, Sophia, if any of you lack this wisdom, let him ask of God that gives, giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. I looked up that word one time and I thought, Upbraideth. What in the world is that? It means he's not going to rebuke you because you don't know something. 
He's not going to put you down because you, you come and you need, you need this wisdom. And upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. There's no, there's no place for fear here. Okay, verse 6. But let him ask in faith. This is the qualification. You have to come in faith. And you know what the, what the will of God is, so you can come and ask in faith. Yeah. Now, let's go on. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he'll receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man. Yeah. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. No vacillating. Right. You know, I, I have relatives that, uh, one of them in particularly, loves to use this word every time I come around. You're just not patient enough. You're not patient enough. get my keys and go get in the car and leave, but I can't do that always because she's with me. My anchor holds me there. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to leave. Anyway, they, her definition of patience is Put up with anything and everything that comes along and just grin and bear it. That's it, exactly. But you know what the definition of patience is in the word? You know, this is what she's talking about. A roller coaster. You know, you're up one day, all oh, glory to God, it's coming. And the next day, I, I don't know why God's doing this to me. Patience in the word is like this. You are steady. You are consistent in what you're believing. You're not vacillating. No wavering. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. So when you say amen... Thank you, Father. I believe I receive it. Then in, the, in a month from now, when it's look, it looks like nothing's happening, God didn't get the message, and you're wanting to say so badly, I thought he heard me. I thought he was going to do this. That's when you need to get... get your tambourine out and you start praising and worshiping God back in the bedroom because he has heard. You approached him in the name and the blood of Jesus. He heard you. 
Just don't give up. I hear Jerry Savelle talk sometimes. He has stood for 20 years on some things. 20 years? And you have hung in there for a whole month? Wow. <laughs> if any of you lacks wisdom, you know, there's, some, there's, there's uh, people that are struggling in healing, with healing. You should be the first in line. Lord, I'm lacking wisdom here. I need to see this as you see it. I need, I need understanding here, Father, because I'm missing it someplace. And I don't know where I'm missing it. Help me. That's what the helper's for. He's, just, he's not just excess baggage that you're carrying around. He's here to help. Amen? Amen. Stand up. One thing about this is it'll get you into prayer. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need, I need help here. I just can't. I'm not getting it. I'm not making a connection, Lord. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And we are so thankful for the Holy Spirit, our helper, our counselor, our advocate, our guide, teacher, a helper. He is so many wonderful things. We don't want to be insulting and not come asking for help. So, Father, the areas in our lives that we're struggling with that we need help, it's because we lack wisdom. And we come to you asking for help, asking for that Sophia. Open the word up to us see it the way we need to see it. So Father, we come thanking you because we know this is your will for us. We give you glory right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll turn and greet someone around you. We will see you this afternoon.